0: Hello and welcome to this Life Changes podcast. You are now listening to one of our Sunday messages. If you'd like to know more about Life Changes, you can visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now, lean in and enjoy.
1: So let me introduce the team to you. And um oh, it's very tight up here. Yeah. Uh, uh, s- no, snug, no, I snug. I won't fall. I promise you. Thank you for worrying, though, <laughs> please. But um these are some of my friends and they're a part of the life of this church. Um if you don't know them, let me introduce them to you. This lovely lady over here is palessa Yes,
2: good job.
1: <laughs> she has the wife of one husband. He was your worship leader this morning. His name is Bunty and an amazing amazing lady who has loved the Lord a long time and served in many capacities and does serve in the life of the church. They lead a life group. They lead worship um, in the church. They they serve involved in different capacities. But on a Monday to Friday, Saturday basis, there is a whole other world going on called Como Cafe, where this amazing lady used to work with the 12 apostles, stepped out of that space into a new space. I'm going to let her share some of that entrepreneurship journey. This man is Jacques Swart a little easier surname to say, and um, they call him the Breaker of Breckenfell, <laughs> he's just not allowed back there anymore, <laughs> that's why he's in table view, and um, I'll let him maybe tell a little bit of his story, but um, in, in the background and many years ago of this story, there's a lot of brokenness, a lot of pain, and um, addiction, and challenges for many years, and now he's ministering into that same space and that's something of his into the deep journey and this young man many of you do know he's not that young anymore but his name is he is young but Tyler Lynn also a husband of but one wife and um uh is a leader in this community and went to school in this area served got saved in this area and since leaving school has worked in this church and in these last couple of weeks has been stepping into a new space still working at the church but doing a hybrid reality of launching a coffee brand called Artillery. And he can tell you a little bit more. But why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves more than I have now, just to give a bit more context.
2: Um, As Mark has mentioned, I run a small coffee shop in town. It's called Como Cafe. Um, Just the journey of how the opportunity even came about, I think, is a real story of grace and just God's vision upon my life. I moved to Joburg, fresh out of matric to study fashion design because I considered myself to just be a creative person, and I thought fashion design makes sense. And my drawings were half-decent, so I managed to make it into the course. Um, three years into studying fashion design, I just I wasn't connecting with it. I was around people who were passionate about it. They lived it. They breathed it. They were showing sketchbooks of when they were four and five already starting to draw drawings, and the only drawings I had were for the entrance exam, basically. Um, and that kind of just started a journey of questioning why I'm here, is this for me, what does the future look like for me? Um, and just on my way to my lecture halls every day, I'd pass some um, kitchen space, which I didn't know at the time was professional kitchens. It looked like a laboratory of sorts. I didn't know a kitchen from, yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> now I do. <laughs> It turned out to actually be the headquarters of, a, of the South African Chefs Association. They had their headquarters on campus at UJ. Um, and it just sparked a curiosity in me that I'd submitted to God in my quiet times, just questioning, why do I feel drawn to the space? Because I'd stop every day on my way to the lecture halls and just pause, and it just I felt connected and drawn to the space. Um, And God just showed me a very clear vision of a beautiful coffee shop, just a space that felt like a home away from home, that I felt comfortable in, that people felt comfortable in. I had no idea how that was gonna be possible. And basically almost 10 years later now, God just put the opportunity before me. I was working at the 12 apostles, insane hours. I was burnt out 14 hours a day. I was at home about six hours every day. So cook and clean be present, eat, sleep, all had to happen within six hours. And then God just literally dropped this opportunity on our laps. It's a coffee shop that my husband would have coffee at regularly in the mornings. So the one day the lady at the till just said, do you know this place is for sale? And we said, okay, let's explore. Maybe 300,000 rand later, we'll have a coffee shop. Let's start exploring investment opportunities and knocking on doors. And the guy literally said, for 60,000 rand, you can have it and just keep my staff. And that was literally, it did not make sense. It still doesn't make sense. And it continues to be a story that I love to share. Um, It blows my mind to this day because if you take just a fridge and the coffee machine, it probably costs 60,000 rand. But he sold us a brand, the company, and it's just been a wonderful journey being a steward of that space.
3: I'm Jacques. Um, I won't go into too much detail, but um, just to give you a brief overview of uh, kind of my story, when I was 17 years old, uh, just before my matric end exam, I got arrested for quite a number of accounts of housebreaking and theft. Um, I do do house sitting now on the weekends for people that, uh, <laughs> who are Um
0: I'm you know you were in and out eh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um I actually <laughs> yeah sorry about that I just have to uh, now everybody's loose now we can get serious. Um so yeah um yeah my mom's not just probably coming to the second service so um yeah amazing lady uh geez, I still remember when I was sitting in the in the police um offices there and the one lady walked past and she said you should have never been born. Um, yeah um, and um and um and yeah eh? like um they phoned my mom and my mom couldn't believe it because eh, she just had an aneurysm like a brain aneurysm and she was going to die um but miraculously god like stepped into that situation and and i just like have these like moments of where god just like steps into the situation when you're like at your end you know when you think you can't go on anymore but that's her testimony to tell so you know like i'm going to court like all the rest of like the oaks are there the paper rights like i'm like this head of the syndicate because i'm the only minor involved and nobody else wants to spend 10 years in jail but uh, the judge says and i'll never forget this he, he said and i'm like go there and i'm like dude i'm like, a drug addict you know like I, I you know i don't have any control over myself and things like that and this judge looks at me and he says drugs explain a lot but it doesn't excuse anything and those words haunt me too today, but like somehow you know I walked out of that thing with like no criminal record, was able to um you know get my life straight for a while, but you know Jesus was like on the back burner, it wasn't like at the focus and things, so it didn't last very long, it lasted a couple of years that I could actually do that, and then you know I just fell back into that same pattern of addiction and and yeah just a sad story eh? just like that being stuck in that, that loop of addiction you know all the pain and everything that goes with it and i really wanted to get clean eh? like jeez i like really want and i go back to that place and i think about myself you know and i think how badly i wanted it and i and i went to churches and i sat with pastors and you know they just couldn't offer me help they, they just couldn't because i looked in the oaks eyes and he didn't know what to do they could just literally lay hands on me and pray for me but my salvation was never in question what was in question was like you know like w- you know who's gonna like show me who's gonna like walk this thing out with me and um, and you know luckily you know my mom like went to like the support group down the road here for like six months and then she phoned me and she said like hey listen there's this farm out there but this is like the last thing i can do for you um couldn't afford to pay for it you know, I went out there, first week there, like, even, like, steal the oak's car with all these tools in it. And I'm like, you know, like, I'm going to hightail it out of you. And that's, like, me, like, wanting to be there. Like, I wanted, like, to get clean. I wanted to get my life straight. You know, I wanted to. And, um, and, and the amazing thing happened is, like, the oak comes back. And, like, everybody else who was there just, like, scatters. Really. Like, nobody's left. I'm, like, the only guy left there standing. And, like, there's a big guy, and he comes up to me, and I've got, like, a little knife here in my pocket. You know, I've, I've been to prison, bro. Like, I, you know, you not scare me, bro. I'll take you down. And, um... <laughs> and this oak, like, does something, you know. He takes out this little bottle of oil. I've never seen it in my life. And he, like... And he starts anointing the house. He says, you befile God's house. And he, like, goes off on this thing, and he starts praying in tongues. And I've never seen anything like this. I think this oak's, like, man, manifesting. He's, like, demon-possessed or something. No? I'm, like, I've got to start praying for him, bro. Like, and, um, and all of a sudden he just turns to me and he like takes this oil and he like, an, he like anoints me on the forehead and he says, you know, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something that you've never seen before. I'm going to show you love and I'm going to show you grace. And I'm going to let you stay in God's eyes. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, you know, now, 10 years later, you know, I'm still clean. I've got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. <laughs> my second wife, that's my second wife. <laughs> um beautiful wife you know i got a fantastic job I'm planted in a community table view where the cops aren't stopping at my house every day um it's 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 really cool life is life is like so good like God is God is a restorer um and and and, th- and that's my mission that's what God's called me into do, to do to like minister into that spaces and and I think we'll get into that a little bit more but that's my story rags to riches penniless homeless hopeless and uh, and Jesus comes in, you know, and he rips the carpet out from under you, and he says, "You ain't seen nothing yet." Yeah. Come
0: on. Yeah. yeah, many of you will have met me before, but um, like Mark said, my name's Tyler. I grew up in Johannesburg. My mom and I moved here when we were 13, uh, when I was thirteen, and kind of lived. Uh, I went to school in Malkwell Strand, Got invited to a youth ministry in Malkwell Strand, encountered Jesus when I was 16 years old, and didn't just fall in love with Jesus, but fell in love with His church, um, and started serving my heart out. My mom kept telling me, you really need to study, and I just kept going to church to help out with stuff, um, which which was maybe not the wisest thing, but just fell in love with community, and God took me on a real journey around that, and then I started serving, and then at 18 years old, I said to Wally Gersmeyer who led this church, can I come and and serve and, and, and give a year of my life here. Yeah, he said, yeah, come, and I spent a year here. After that year, I was offered kind of a permanent position to lead our youth and then did that for another year and a half until 2013 and then, yeah, and I've been here ever since. Um, part of the woodwork, I can tell you when this building was still beige and there was a door behind that um, drum cage and there were a whole bunch of very different things here. Um, But yeah, it's been an incredible journey of seven years, and then just to give you a bit of context to the coffee reality, um, when I was 17 years old, a man in this community, Dean Rass, who ran his own little coffee company called The Good Coffee Company, was a trailer that he used to park on the top of Bloberg Road, and he would have a couple of guys that would sell coffee in traffic, Um, and he used to do events, and obviously I couldn't help him during the week, but he said to me, hey, do you want to come help me at an event or two? And I remember we're going to an event on a wine farm in, in, in Cape Town and doing coffee for, I think, 350 people. We had half an hour to make 350 coffees. Um, I remember I got home and there was coffee in my shoes. I don't understand how that works, but um, but I, I just loved it. I loved serving people. I loved what it. I just absolutely loved the journey and got started getting involved. Started making coffee in the coffee bar, which is now our kids ministry room at the back there, where we had like half a machine and a little box that we had ground coffee and that we used to put in the portafilter and then put. It. And I just loved serving people. Fell in love with coffee and just started a journey of learning, of making friends, of meeting guys in the city who are uh, guys who love the coffee space, and yeah, and just fell in love with it. So that's a little bit of my story.
1: So part of the Into the Deep is stepping into new spaces, and and God calls Simon into something totally different. I don't think Simon woke up on that morning going, hey, I'm gonna become the guy who walks with Jesus for the next three years. That carpenter guy, I'm walking him. He didn't have that in the Plan for his day, and yet God had a different story. Maybe, Felicia, just for you, um, I'm watching you guys, um, if you guys might not know, but Buncee travels a lot for work, sometimes two, three weeks a month, comes back on weekends, leads us in worship, he's got a wife, they've got a business, there's dreams, there's passions. What does that look like in terms of an into the deep story, and and what maybe or some of the things you've had to overcome? Um,
2: I think I have Run to the end of myself too many times and I'm kind of developing the muscle memory of relying on God before I rely on myself and before I rely on my husband because it's difficult for him to be there for me in the capacity that I need him to be there for me when he's not here and sometimes it's also difficult for me to know myself well enough outside of my identity in God to know I need to pause, I need to breathe, I actually just need to be on my knees now versus what's at the top of the to-do list and oh no, I didn't do it and then a cycle of self-condemnation that comes from that. So I think for me, into the deep, especially going into this year because I I, um, took over the coffee shop in 2017, halfway through 2017 so I think the first part of it was just figuring out what is going on. I went from being a chef and only being trusted with being creative, just this is the brief, put it on the plate, make it look beautiful and serve it, to suddenly leading people who are looking to me, um, people who are older than me, more experienced than me and looking to me for leadership. Um, Also in the space of leading a life group where I kind of thought I'd be a passenger. Um, Banti and I met in a worship team so I thought he would kind of be at the head of it, and I would be serving tea and coffee behind him. But it didn't. It hasn't worked out that way. God has kind of pushed me um, to the front of it, um, leading the people, loving the people, because he's not able to be present, but I'm here. So, yeah, I think it's just been running to the end of myself and now developing the muscle memory of just a total and complete reliance on God.
1: And you mentioned one of the... Part of the journey has been a customer that you've met. And, yes. And having, maybe tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, I think one of the favorite parts of my job for me, which wasn't the first three months or so, because I, though it might come as a surprise, um, I considered myself to not be very good with people, just interaction. Um, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> there's a chef, you're in the back, and there's foul language, and... Sometimes the guys don't shower, sometimes they come hungover, so you just kind of get used to a rugged and solitary existence. And then suddenly I own a coffee shop, and I'm face-to-face with customers, and that was very, very new to me. Um, and I lacked confidence, I think, in many ways. I wasn't sure if it's okay to talk about the weather or ask if I see you're looking sad. Am I allowed to ask you why you're looking sad? Just navigating that space. and just the one morning my one customer um her name is Taira she's a Muslim lady um she just looked incredibly heavy that morning I think it was about four months in that I'd been running the coffee shop um and I decided to just make myself a cup and then I went to sit down with her and I just said like I hope I don't make you uncomfortable I just I felt led by God to just sit down and have a chat with you are you okay what space are you in and she just for 20 minutes completely broke down. Um, She just shared her story of a very abusive relationship that she was in, that she had broken free from a year before. But the man still has um, a hold and control over her because they share a child and the child is power over her um, and he exploits it. And just the tough situation at work where her boss was essentially, and is still, she's still walking that journey of being pushed to resign as opposed to being fired. So I just listened to her. I listened to her story. I validated just the emotions that she was feeling at the time. And I just shared with her, listen, um, I don't exactly have advice for you because I haven't been in an abusive relationship. Um, My work situation is different now because I'm my own boss. I can't relate to that. But what I can relate to is just going through challenges and having the freedom to submit those to God and just having the freedom to also have joy in the process of going through it. Because before, there was just no joy in the process of going through something because there's nothing at the end of it. But now there's joy in the hardship and in the challenges because it's, it's growth at the end of the day. It's growth in my faith. It's growth in the story that I get to share with people around me. Um, and that was just the beginning of my journey with her. And as the months have gone by... Um, She's just shared more and more of what she, for her, I'm feeling like God is talking to me, but I don't know if it's what I'm, like, what does it feel like when God is talking to you? And what does it feel like to pray and to just have conversations with God? And it's just been lighthearted conversations navigating that. Um, And when the year started, um, she bought a bacon tartlet. (laughs) And she gave me a little wink and I said, what's this about? And she said, I finally told one person that I'm Christian. And that was, yeah, it's victory.
1: (laughs) That's so cool. I do like a bacon tart with myself. (laughs) That's very good. um, Amen. But um, again, this is Jacques. I think one of the things maybe you do know, maybe you don't know, Jacques and Louise, with some others, have found favor. A house has been given, and they are overseeing something called Go House, which is a halfway house. Basically, people who've come, returned from... Uh, at rehabilitation centers, drug rehabilitation centers would not go straight back into normal life. They would live in that house and work jobs during the day, come back there, receive support, care, and make sure that they're able to do life in that space and be restored to a place where they can get back into community, back into thriving life. And then added to that, we have launched this year Life Changes Recovery. There we go. That's Louise. If you don't know Louise, you do now. She... um, but on a Monday night we would have recovery groups here partnering with Project Exodus out of Durban and some amazingly skilled and gifted people who've invested in this area, a tough area of ministry, to be brutally honest. And on a Monday night at this building, maybe you wonder, well, what do we do here? Sundays it's full, but what the rest of the week? Well, one of the things, um, when there's been Bible college in here on a Monday night, on that side there's a group who meet, and the one group is is a group of people previously addicts and or journeying a road of addiction. In the other room would be the family members and having their own group. And in the other room at the back, there's a group available for the children of those in homes of addiction. So we can support at every level and see restoration and life And This amazing couple are pioneering that for us with others in our community. But maybe, Jacques, in terms of Into the Deep, when I look, I see um, a a couple with two young kids, uh, busy lives, both working full-time jobs. Um, But I just see this desire to make a change this desire to jump into spaces where actually most people don't really want to go. And um, it comes with a lot of cost um, that um, most people won't really know about. But maybe help us understand the Into the Deep journey for you, recovery and your passion. Why, even though there's danger in the space and cost, why is it will you keep jumping?
3: Simple answers and nobody else wants to do it. Um, no, I'm not I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, the cost. yeah. Um, yo, uh, people with kids don't understand. Like, if you leave the, if you leave them for like a, a day or two, you know, sometimes over a weekend, and you work in a full time job, that's the only time you actually get to see them and actually see them grow up. And you go away for like a weekend, and like me and my wife, we've been, and and you know, we're not, I'm not, I'm not complaining. That um, I, I finally understand the difference between a, a went one and a sent one, and. Um, the church has been fantastic to like partner in the vision with us and um you know just to put us into that space and making the introductions to the people from anthem recovery and you know like god sees your passion in your heart eh? and like I, I i i do it because you know what god god gave me so much you know like i I just remember my story and if there wasn't a guy like stanley woods who left a job and actually went out to do something um, in the space of addiction you know like where would i be you know would i just be another guy that was coming to the church here you know getting a cup of coffee you know trying to hustle some bucks out of somebody to go and score later that sunday um, the the for me the you know mark's got this wonderful thing of saying this is not what it's cost it's what it's worth and and what I see is I just see souls, and I see people who are lost, and, 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 and I pray, and I say, Lord, there must be a better way. There must be a better way. And I've been praying this prayer for years, and um, I left my previous church because I was actually just at the point of burnout. I was actually just like very – I was ministering like all the time. I was going everywhere, and I didn't even have kids then. And I just felt like um, – and, and it's not because there's no support. It's because people don't understand. Um, if people don't have the heart for it, then um, – you know, if, you, if it's not your passion, and, and that's why I think it's important um, to actually, like, realize and pray to God and ask Him, like, what's my passion? Like, what's the area of ministry I should actually get involved in? Like, how can I actually bring your kingdom in this space? Like, I know, like, I'm supposed to be on the worship team, but... <laughs> I just can't fit that into my schedule at the moment. Um, but, so, you know what? and um, and, and it's not just... And, and, and people think it's easy. People think it's easy for a, for a leader of an organization to say, and trust me, I've met with many pastors all over this community. It's not easy for a guy to say, here's the premises, come and use it. It's not easy because it's a dangerous thing that we're busy with. Um, it's, you're dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with broken people. Um, you've got to manage an expectation. Um, it's like people come to one meeting and they think, wow, like God's going to do something now. That has got to go back to the street. My heart's got to deal with that or going back to the street. I know at my house that we've got, I've got a bed open, but I've got to send this guy back into the wilderness because God's not finished with him in that process. And I've got to trust God in that process. So in that space, it's like really, it it grows me. But I see God's favor and I see, I see God and I was up in Durban when we were up for training there um, with with Exodus and you see how people are coming around this, how people are coming around Project Exodus and how they actually speak about life changes recovery. And we've only been going for like a month. Tomorrow is like actually a month and and that's why we wanted to get everything sorted before we actually say, okay, you know what, if you've got a neighbor, if you've got somebody, please send them, bring them along. But we're up in um, in Durban and uh, and we, we sit in there, and like 60 pastors from churches like come and fill the room. We, then we go fly up to Joburg, and there's like eight different churches represented. And it's amazing. And the only thing that the people from Exodus, Anthem Recovery, are talking about is like, how brave is Life Changers to be the first meeting to actually come out of this? How awesome is that? Look at the fruit of it. We open up the first night, and it's like 20 people rock up there. And it's people I don't know. It's not like Jock's been doing this for 10 years in the community, how awesome is he? And he's got like this little cult following. It's only Don Spence, that's my only cult member I've got. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's like literally, it's the only oak. It's the rest of the people I don't know. And uh, you know we, we've got the house and the guys from the house, it's prescribed for them to be there, but a lot of them work shifts, so it's not just oaks that like have to be there. It's actually people from the community that's coming, and they just test in the water, and they just have to launch into the deep. Because we're there, we're waiting for you. Like we we we've, we've gone into the deep. We've like popped down the anchor, and we're saying, "Hey, listen, maybe we're not fishing with nature, you know? Maybe like we're like crocodile dandy. We're fishing with dynamite or something. I don't, I don't know like like what we're doing, but I know that at the end of that, I know that God's like got a redemptive story there." I know that God's like, God wants to see salvation. God wants to see miracles. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm looking at a couple that like I've, I've been meeting for like two months. And they were like our first members at the support side. And they didn't come to church. And now they sit in church. I get messages. What times the early service? And the little grandkids come in as well. And I'm like, thank you, God. Yeah. That, that's why I do it. That's why, that's why I do it.
1: just it is a massive area of ministry and in our area if we're going to be contextually relevant and we're going to have an impact in our city we have to have a foot maybe saying I, I i want to be a part of it can i ask you rather to speak to jacques and louise see how that part maybe right now the greatest part you can pray is pray play is prayer yeah. support and care and and let's navigate with wisdom into this area it's step in front of step victory after victory just um seeing the life of god pouring into lives and one person by one person is amazing. I, tell, I want to just touch, as someone who's worked in church for eight years and by your own admission has one of the best bosses in the world. Um, he, he said that. I'm just quoting Amen. him. Amen. Um, it's and, increased increase month. And, and, um, but there's, there's, a, yeah, there's a journey, and, and part of that is risking. Um, God's provided a way to get into roasting. Maybe tell some of that story. But also just your perspective around, because sometimes... People love being at church because they feel like everything here is sacred. So if I'm putting energy into someone, I'm putting effort into someone, somehow that's more sacred than out there. But I hear a story of meeting a lady and getting a coffee to go sit with a lady and a life transforming to a bacon tartlet. But behind that is a transformation of freedom and life. And, and I want to almost say, what excites you at the start of this journey? Because it it's a start. At the start of this journey, what excites you? And, and how do you see the sacred, secular thing?
0: I think um, being straight out of school, having worked for a church for eight years, one thing um, I've loved every minute of that time, I've loved every minute of this being a vocation for me, but I don't think there is any difference between working a nine-to-five in the city and working a full-time job at a church. I don't think there is any I am doing something greater for God when I work in a church space. I passionately believe that if you are doing what God has called you to, you are doing the thing that you need to be doing. Um, And unfortunately, I think one of the greatest, I mean, I think community has been incredible. I have learned so much here. Um, I've learned how to navigate different things. You think uh, God is very clever in the way that He does things. God would put a man who uh, previously worked at Unilever, who understands branding and all that stuff, to be my boss four years ago not knowing that God would, that I would start a business four years later and understand how to do a lot of what I need to do now because I've sat in meetings with Mark Van just, And you would think, oh, he's just a pastor coming from Durban. I think God is so clever in the way that he orchestrates things. And But I passionately, I don't believe that starting a coffee business or working full-time at a church or being an accountant, I don't think any of those things are more spiritual than any of the others. Um, I passionately believe that we are called to impact the world, and probably one of my biggest kind of things and excitements going into the season is that I get to engage with people who aren't in a church space. I think... um, I'll tell a little bit of the story of the roaster and that whole um, story, but about eight months ago, I had the opportunity to install a coffee machine at a little cafe at a business in, in Lagoon Beach, and on that, when I did that installation, that Friday, I got to do a coffee tasting with four directors of that company. Three of those directors are not believers. And for me, it was so exciting getting to engage with these guys for two hours and chat and learn about their lives and, and, and even walking into different spaces, meeting potential clients. For me, that is incredibly exciting. One, because, yes, my, I get to grow a business and, and chase after something, but, but also because I get to engage with people who are far from God. And I, I passionately believe in reach far. I think if there was anything on that wall that I was most excited about is seeing people who are far from God come to know Christ. Yeah. Um, and actually, I'm taking a step toward, and not that you can't do that when you work full-time at a church by any means, but actually I'm choosing to step into a space that I'm incredibly passionate about. I believe when we do what we're passionate about, people see God in it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm choosing to step into a space like that. And, and God has, I think for, for seven and a half years of working at a church, God has has used me. He's prepared me. He's taught me things. He um, He's put the brakes on these things. If you know anything about me, I want to do everything now. Like if you know anything, I, if I wanted to start a cafe when I was 18 and I would left school because I loved it. And in my head, I could make a plan and get it done and that kind of stuff. But God is very clever in the orchestrating of what He's called. Us to and, and I have the privilege of having worked in a space that I have loved and now get to step into a space that I equally love. I think for some people, the challenge is you're not in a space that you necessarily love, but God wants to use you in that space. He knows the desires and passions of your heart, and He will orchestrate those things. You'll go from 16-hour days to to going and owning a business, which is an incredible business. They make phenomenal chicken and mayo sandwiches, in case you're wondering. Um, But just amazing in that sense. So I'm incredibly excited for, I believe, how God is going to use the business to impact the world um, and and do that stuff. If you know anything, the coffee industry is huge. I know for many people, it's, uh, oh, I go to a cafe and get a a coffee. It is a massive industry with huge international platform. To, to be able to step into a space like that and going, I'm not just roasting coffee because I want to roast great coffee. Yes, I do want to roast great coffee, but I'm roasting coffee because I want to see people's lives changed. I want to drop off a bag of coffee with someone in our community and have a conversation. That's the desire of my heart. Um, just a fun story in the, the roaster journey. Like I said, I've been part of church, working out for many years. There's a church in Joburg called Urban Life Church, Um, we connect with them, we're very close with that church, and Mark is very good friends with a man named Craig Clark, who leads that church, I just happen to be very, develop a friendship with a a man named Kevin Clark, who is his son, who started his own cafe in um, Johannesburg, we call him Smiley Kev, you'll never see him smile in your whole life, but he loves Jesus, and, but an amazing thing is, I went, Mark actually phoned me one day, he said, hey bro, do you want to go to Joburg to go and, and spend a day with Urban Life, I was like, amped I'll do it we got in a car Mike went with us we went to go learn for two days and by chance God orchestrated a moment where I was sitting in his lounge in the evening having dinner over an incredible spaghetti what was it mac and cheese because that's all he could cook because his wife was away um and he said to me I said hey Rob I'm sorry I would love to start my own thing one day and he just looked at me and said I've got a roaster do you want it Um, He gave me that roaster at a ridiculous price. It is ridiculous. I paid less than half of what I should have for that machine. Um, and has allowed me to pay him off, actually, which is adding cost to his pocket, and has also been the most incredible support to me imaginable, where actually I could take customers that could potentially be his customers. He's gone, no, I will support you. I'll give energy. The day I launched the business, he posted on his personal Instagram and his business Instagram that I had launched. It's just incredible the way God will orchestrate things when we are willing to submit to his timing um, and when we hear his voice and he opens up a, a space for us.
1: I think one of the things we said at the start of the series, there's danger in the deep. Yeah. So for this is a young married couple who's married to Kate. They got married um, beginning of last year. And stepping into a new space, sewing. This is also a young family with young kids risking. Monday night, I came here on Monday night and Louise is with Ruben in the back room while Jacques is out facilitating teams of people, and I'm going, hey God, thank you for people who prepare to take risks and, and for your kingdom. Yeah. This is no one knows necessarily what's going on in the background. And then a young lady actually says, We're going to step out and risk at busy times of life, but actually, there are potentially Muslim people who need to know about Jesus. Yeah. And sometimes you're going, Well, what does coffee matter in church? Well, it doesn't. But what matters is how we engage people and how we get yeah. to love them and share them. I want to share one scripture as we land this morning from 2 Corinthians 5 15 says this is the apostle Paul. He says from now on we re- from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view which means our perspectives have to change and i'll tell you the first thing we have to change our perspective about, about ourselves and what jesus sees and how he sees us and the role we get to play in whatever space you're in he says though we once regarded Christ in this way we do so no longer therefore if anyone is in Christ the new creation has come the old has gone the new is here all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave that to us. Maybe you're saying, what have I got to give to the world? What have I got in terms of skills? Maybe I haven't said me. No, I, you've got the ministry of reconciliation. Why? Because he gave it to you. Yeah. And then he says that God was reconciling the world. God was reconciling the world, not the church. The God was reconciling the world. To himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. basic saying not being prejudiced by people's sins and their brokenness. And, and there's no prejudice against you as he continues to show against you. Because that says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though Christ were making his appeal through us. Yeah. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who has no sin to be sin for us. So that in Him, we might become the righteousness of God. And I love that scripture because it breaks down so much of what the church sometimes become about. A moment, a Sunday, a meeting. It's not about that. It's about the ministry you and I carry into the world. whatever space we work in whether you love your job or hate your job right now whether your boss is good to you or not good to you go read the bible and encounter the great men and women of god who counted in the toughest environments and then understand that god has spoken is speaking through It says as though christ is making his appeal through you through us as you go out accountants and economic specialists and whatever specialists people are I ran out of examples there for a moment I want to tell you there's a message inside of you and it's not yours yeah. it's his yeah. I want to tell you when you open your mouth with faith there's the power and the potential of heaven to come in that space I want to tell you that God doesn't look at you with the prejudice of your past God looks at you and he sees the perfection of his righteousness of his son Jesus and he says I'm going to pour out my grace to this person in factory floor shops rooms in in workshops in specialist environments God wants to use us and we speak about into the deep, not because a clever idea, but because I fervently believe our mandate, this cannot be the highlight of the church week. Is that okay? okay. This is not the highlight of our week. The highlight of our week is when we have coffee with people who have no way to freedom and love. The highlight of our week is when we're pouring ourselves, a phone call comes at 11 at night from someone who's messed up many times before, but God says this time I'm going to do it and this time. We can break The highlight is when young men and women trust their father so much because he is faithful and kind to step into new space to make a difference in our city. Those are the highlights. And we don't always, we're not always good at sharing those, but they are. Can I ask us to stand for a moment? And next week we have Terry and we changing tech, but I wanted to take this moment just to call us to something. Again, Simon Peter wakes up in the morning, a fisherman. Today I'm going to I'm fish all night. I'm going to carry on with life during the day I don't think he expected as the one preacher once said to become Jesus uber driver for the next three years and sent on a life that looks very different and yet he said yes and I want to tell you sometimes we look ahead and we hear stories of faith and we hear stories of meeting people of different religions we think there are a thousand decisions away I want to tell you they are normally just one decision away just say yes to Jesus forget all the other hurdles Forget what the prejudices might even be about you. The Bible says they no longer upon you because of the blood of Jesus. And start to walk. And as you walk, know that you walk with Jesus like the disciples did. As broken as they were. And I promise you, we'll see miracles. We'll see life. And we'll see stories of into the deep happen again and again and again. And they'll look like engineers and doctors and teachers and politicians and all of the above. Can we raise our hands to Jesus? Even now, Jesus, without hype, without a piano in the background, without anything, just you and your presence and your word. I thank you for these testimonies and these stories. I pray let courage come to hearts today. I pray let strength come. I pray conversations would be ignited with people we've worked with for years and never had the courage to start up that conversation like You look sad today. How can I help you? Can I tell you about the one who brings life and joy regardless of the circumstance? Sometimes it's going to look like stepping into impossible situations to see the kingdom of God come. The kingdom of God breaking in. I pray, God, do something with us. Come like a chiropractor, Spirit of God, in our lives and shift us, align us, adjust us to your word that says we are ambassadors for the king call to make his appeal in the boardrooms on the streets in the classrooms we'll sing your praise jesus we'll glorify your name send us out send us out full of power send us out with courage send us out strength and i thank you for your people i bless every person today god i thank you for your sons and daughters and i ask let your church shine at this time Let the city of Cape Town and the nation of South Africa know that Jesus is king. That Jesus is glorious. And Jesus is able. We worship your king. Amen.